0: Okay, welcome back, Dr Sue. Nice <laughs> to be with you. <laughs> Thanks for coming back. We had a couple of extra questions we needed to ask you. Um, coming out of some of the other podcasts, we've just been meeting quite a few LGBT women who've told us that um, health professionals had suggested to them they didn't need cervical screening. I'm wondering what your view is of the need for cervical screening when, if you're a same-sex attracted woman.
1: Um, the current advice is if you've ever had sex whatever sort of sex that is, then you are at risk of um, of HPV. Um, and remember, HPV is the infection that, that causes 99.95% of cervical cancers. so you should be having cervical screening. It's a very common-held um, information that, that women don't need to have cervical screening, they actually should have cervical screening. And they should also think about having STI testing as well, because they are at risk of um,
0: STIs, so it's skin on skin that's the thing.
1: Yeah, or, or yeah, genital contact or a transmission of genital fluids um, or saliva. Remember, we you can get chlamydia um, through oral sex. So, uh, anything where um, secretions are, are can be transmitted.
0: Oh, thank you for that. And do you have other STI screening recommendations? Well,
1: I mean, the recommendations are that everybody under the age of thirty who's having sex should have at least an annual chlamydia test because chlamydia often doesn't cause any symptoms at all. Very, very easy to treat and if it's untreated is associated with higher risks of issues with pelvic infection and infertility further down the track. Very easy to do. on Chlamydia is just a urine test so you don't need to have an examination. Um, and I should also say about the cervical screening that um, if women don't feel comfortable having a, an examination to have a cervical screening, there is the possibility now with certain criteria to have a self-collected sample. Um, and that's, that's helped some women who, who it would be important for them to have cervical screening, but it's just too difficult for them for whatever reason to have an internal examination um, to have a self-collected sample.
0: So if you wanted to go down that path, do you need to go and talk to your doctor about how to yes, do it? Yes, you do. And,
1: and you don't, um, it's not something that you can kind of take home the kit and do it yourself. There, there's certain criteria that you have to fulfil. So you have to be um, at past the time when you should have had a cervical screening test. You have to have had a conversation with, with your health provider about it and feel that you can't have an internal examination. And essentially, the, the Doctor or the nurse would give you a swab that you go to the toilet and um, just insert into the vagina and then bring back. So it has to be done in in the clinic rooms. Um, you can't take it home to do the sample. And if the result is abnormal, then you would need to go on to have um, the, the the kind of formal um, cervical
0: screening test that we're all used to. Okay, so this you know, limitations around it. It's still a good thing for women well, who Well, a good thing, and...
1: because we know that most of uh, cervical, the biggest risk factor for cervical cancer is women who haven't been mm-hmm. screened and we know that women with um, disabilities or from a culturally and linguistically diverse background or women from the LGBTIQ community are at lower risk of getting screening and therefore the risk of of developing cervical cancer and not being picked up is is higher. So one single screening can have a significant reduction in a woman's chance of developing cervical cancer further down the track. Um, And I think it's really important. I don't know of any woman who loves having a cervical screening (laughs) test, but I do think it's important to find somebody who you feel comfortable with and you know if you need to go and see somebody a couple of times and to, and to see whether you feel safe and comfortable with that person then that's a really important thing to do just to make the whole process a little bit easier.
0: So Sue so do you have recommendations for LGBT women on good safe sex practices? Yeah oh, uh, because there is
1: this risk of um, of STI transmission. Really important to think about maybe using condoms on sex toys or um, washing hands um, when changing partners or um, all things about thinking about how you can reduce transmission of infection or maybe looking at using a dental dam um, when you're uh, having oral sex too. All ways of just um, providing a little bit of a barrier there which don't hopefully interfere too much in people's sexual pleasure. So where do you get dental dams from? Um, mm, that's a good question. Online is the place that I've, I've seen them. Um, and they just look like a little square of a very fine um, material, very similar to a condom. Um, they're quite sort of soft and quite um, nice to touch. So they're, they're, not, they're not awful to use and
0: they're just a good idea. Okay, thanks Sue.